Good day, good day, good afternoon, good morning. Welcome to another amazing fire episode of the Takeover Podcast. Today, I've got the one and only Stacy with me today. Welcome, Stacy, to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you, Dan? You know, just another another week, another beautiful week. Blessed to be out here crushing it, but not crushing it as much as you are because you're currently what leaving us a closing or you're going to a closing one of the two that's why you're in the car right <laughs> so you I'm, know I'm yeah <laughs> so to give you guys a little background about our amazing incredible guest today so stacy has an mba in leadership and she she's coming into the real estate world well she joined the real estate world um, after 13 years of corporate medical sales and currently, she's got in assets over $10 million cash flowing through real estate. Not only that, but she's also been featured on the New York Times, Yahoo News, and News Journal. And correct me if I'm wrong, Stacy, but you last year started up a development company um, called Sugar and Spice Developments. Is that correct? Yes, yes. <laughs> That's so, awesome. te- so tell us, take us through your journey a little bit, you know, a little short rundown, because um, I know that the, the, the nitty-gritty is going to be the how-tos of and the definite don'ts for Airbnb, because we know that that's what you specialize in short-term rentals. But tell us how you got here. You know, what made you want to change um, from corporate medical sales over to real estate and then start building your entire portfolio empire? Yeah, um, I've, I've, I've succeeded in corporate my whole life. I've always done well in sales, but I, I'm, I, I don't feel like I totally fit in the corporate box. I never have. Um, I, I say what's on my mind and I don't believe in things just because you're told to believe in them and they have to fit the box. So, um, I, I went through a divorce, um, a couple of years ago and that was a time where I really had to kind of take a step back and reevaluate everything. And, um, that's when I decided that I wanted to, um, leave corporate and I put a plan in place on how to do that. Um, and I, I reverse engineered it where I wanted to be and how I could get there. And real estate was the vehicle that, um, I, I felt could get me there. And so far it looks like you're doing pretty well. I mean, I see, I, it's so funny. I see you on Facebook, uh, cause obviously we're Facebook friends, but I see you actually enjoying life. And I feel like, I feel like that's the key to success nowadays. Mm-hmm. Everyone always thinks it's like all this loads of money, but the reality is it's, it's, and I talked about this on last week's podcast with Pierre Nadeau is that buying your time back, right? So tell us more about like mm-hmm. what real estate and how this is done for you, like for your life and changing everything, because it seems, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you're a lot happier in life and you're really out there enjoying it, right? Yeah, so a lot of what my motivation is, is my children, I have three small children. So getting, I you know, I can't bring them with me to my medical sales jobs. And sometimes, although it's a pretty flexible industry, there's parameters, you know, it's, it's, it's a nine to five. So real estate allows me to homeschool. I'm, I'm homeschooling my kids a couple days a week. It allows me to travel more with them. I can bring them onto my projects this summer. We actually spent a good deal of time almost living at my motel project where they got to be hands-on in the design and, and doing some construction. So it's, it's really been a lot of fun. So let's get into that, right? You're talking about motels now, but let's talk about let's talk about how you got started. Like, let's take a look back at maybe your first or second property and and what got you 
into the actual investing side of things, right? Because a lot of people, they don't know where to start. I mean, I just bought my first Airbnb, I want to say like four or five months ago. But talk us through how you got started and um, and what it looks like now, because obviously motels are completely different. And I love what you're doing because I'm also like following some of your footsteps as well. So tell us about like how you got started with that. What did your first property look like and what did you learn from that? Yeah, sure. So I got into short term rentals um, almost by accident, um, post divorce. Um, we, we divided up our assets and, um, we both invested in real estate, but not really knowing what we were doing. We were renting out properties to our own business and we had our own employees staying there. So it was a whole different experience than being a true landlord or Airbnb host. So when we divided up the assets, um, I had four properties. Three of them were new construction townhomes in South Georgia. I didn't want to sell them, but when I refinanced, I was negative cash flow because um, the interest rates went up a little bit. And I'm like, gosh, what can I do? Because they're, I believed in them as assets. I knew they were going to appreciate and low maintenance because they were new construction. So I um, waited until the leases expired and I furnished them. And I did midterm rentals. So there's a big, um, there's a little niche market over there for midterm rentals. And that was going well. But then I would get these lulls. You know, people would come in for a couple months to work. And then there'd be a lull until the next kind of session started. So I put it up on Airbnb. And this was before Airbnb was really like a household name. There wasn't a lot of free YouTube content or anything. And I didn't. I just like dove right in and, um, I, I went and furnished it. I cleaned it myself, you know, everything. And, um, my first review was like three stars. And at the time I didn't know that that was like horrible. So I was like, okay, <laughs> about, about half. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh. so then like, I was like, all right, I, I need to hire professionals to do the cleaning. And, um, anyone that knows me knows that's not my strong suit, but, um, so I got, you know, I, I just learned along the way. I learned by trial and error. Trial, and, trial by um, fire. Yeah. <laughs> um, but once I kind of got my feet wet with, with that, and I learned more about what Airbnb really is compared to just a head in a bed, I started future projects where I, I leaned into more of the experience for the guests. So... I'm glad that you mentioned that because I've even I've seen some recent changes in the Airbnb stuff because, you know, on the hosting side, we only see one set of things. But on the on the guest side, obviously, we see a whole different one. So there's been a lot of recent changes to Airbnb um, and especially on the experience side. So what are you seeing as major changes? Because obviously you're focusing on that. So what should the general investor be focusing on when it comes to these experiences and these recent changes with Airbnb? Because I think that's an untalked about um, ju- topic, genre, situation, just simply because like you said, Airbnb blew up the last two years. Everyone's been like, Airbnb this, Airbnb that, short-term rental this, let's focus on that. And it got so corporatized that obviously changes had to be made along the way. I mean, I see TikTok videos all the time. They're like, Airbnb is dead. And I'm like, not really. You're just not looking at the changes that's happening behind the scenes. So um, tell me what are you doing to change or what have have you already changed and what the typical investor 
um, should be looking at at altering when it comes to their current investments? Yeah, good question. So when we when we look at Airbnbs, when you compare it to the hotel motel industry, we have to look at what separates them because the hotel motel industry is not just going to die because Airbnb is taking over post COVID. So they're going to fight back. Um, and how can your Airbnb or your home or whatever it is you're renting out be different from a hotel motel? So whether that's you have a unique structure, whether you have unique decorating and, and, full experience in the property, whether you have different amenities, whether your location is something unique, there has to be something unique to enhance the guest experience because the guest knows when they go to a hotel, what they're going to get. If they stay at a chain, especially it's very always the same on purpose. So I, I mean, I like to say, I say in both, I stay in hotels. Sometimes I stay in Airbnbs. And when I stay in an Airbnb, it's always because of the experience. Like I stayed on a, um, a yacht boat. Like I rented a room on, on Airbnb and this lady and her husband lived on the boat and me and my sister rented out the, one of the rooms. And it was honestly like the coolest trip ever because it was so unique and it was memorable. So you have to incorporate, even if it's little things, incorporate personal touches, unique touches where there's going to be some memory for people to say, I want to go back to that property I booked on Airbnb because of the kind of coffee you offered or because they stayed in, you know, a very unique structure, a tree house. It's just something different. So I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad we're going over this topic and it makes me think more of the Airbnb that I purchased, right? Because we allow pets and I think that's a niche or niche that we, we focus on in general, right? Because like you said, just even the simple things um, can really separate you from a hotel. Because let's face it, most hotels, especially the good ones that people love to stay at, that they're comparing to Airbnbs nowadays, right? Um, you can't you can't just walk in with any old dog, any old cat. Um, and sometimes we've had some very interesting pets as well. But that's kind of what we focus on. It's more of like the family group vibe that travels for tournaments, whether it's lacrosse or cheerleading or the pets. And that's kind of the, the niche that we live in for that one. However, for the next few, we're looking at beachside properties, right? I mean... We've been looking down in the keys and a few other places. And for us, um, we want a versatile uh, type of property where maybe they can bring in a camper, an RV, plus a little cabin bungalow kind of deal. Um, and I, I believe that a lot of people got into Airbnb and might have been misguided uh, when they initially got in as investors, right? They had just a realtor that was like, oh, yeah, this will be great for this, great for that, without doing the full-blown research behind it. Um, so getting to that investor thing... What do you think they're missing out on right now as far as looking at the market? Because I know that you're working on motels. This motel that you're working on, how many units is it out of curiosity? 12. It's 12, 12 rooms. Yes. Wow. And wh where is that motel like right now out of curiosity? Is it done yet, by the way? So it was completely done. Um, and then Hurricane Ian decided to come. And I have, a, I have um, seven rooms up and running still, but I have five that um, I, I have to go back and revisit. The roof peeled, part of the roof peeled off and I got some water damage inside. Um, so 
you know, just part of real estate investing when you think you're done. <laughs> but the, the realities of being an owner, right? People don't realize we got, we got a roof, we got an AC, a water heater. We've got, oh gosh, so many different little things. Um, and, and that's the truth behind it. And um, so what made you want to focus on motels? Like, was that like the next step up? What, tell me more about like, um, about where your, your future investments look like. I mean, is this motel, you've had it for a little while now. Do you, um, do you love it? Would you recommend it? Is this something that you're going to stay with or are you going to go bigger? So I love the little boutique motel space because you can go in and you can make room, each room unique. So that's where you're kind of different from the hotel motel. Um, so you can't just book a room and get any room. Every room is themed. Um, every room has something unique about it. It's, it's really driving the experience. Um, I'm in Daytona beach. I'm not oceanfront. So I had to find different ways to compete with the oceanfront properties. And that's really with the experience in each room that's unique and memorable. Um, and I am pet friendly too. I love that you mentioned that. Cause that's, I'm, I'm pet friendly. Every property I charge, um, a pretty high pet fee and people pay it all day long because millennials are obsessed with their pets and they will bring them anywhere, pay anything. Um, and that's, a, that's a really cool niche to be in. So I will say that it's, it's, it's millennials. Cause that's, that's me and my wife for sure. A hundred percent. We have our two dogs and, and, uh, and we, we literally only think of them when we're traveling and, and literally recently we've, uh, been to a point where for a conference I was at in Vegas last week, uh, she initially was going to come with me, but one of our dogs just developed some some medical conditions so now even more we think about traveling with them just simply for the fact that it's one of those situations but i will tell you that even the older generations because uh, my in-laws they only travel with their little teacup yorkie and uh they will only stay at and they don't fly they only drive so when they come down from new york they have to stay at specific places on the way and i will tell the story that during covid my sister-in-law caught her, whole, her, her and her husband caught COVID. So the day my in-laws arrived. And so we had to find an Airbnb. This is before we owned ours, but we had to find an Airbnb that was pet friendly. So that's that's huge on my heart. And I think that's something that's really big when it comes to every generation, millennials, older generations. I mean, I think that's, that's something special and huge. And if you look at some of these Airbnbs that I've seen, I mean, sometimes you're staying at a, at a, on a farm or a ranch and there's cows there or goats there or emus there. I've seen a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I got a bigger question for you, and this is a, this is a, a really good one. Managing that much in volume, $10 million plus in assets, how do you, how do you balance your time and what kind of automations do you have and how many hours a week are you spending, actually spending on the check-in process, on the checkout process, on the cleaning process? Tell us about what kind of automations you have, because to be able to manage something like that is, is highly impressive right so tell me more about your strategy and what kind of tools you're using because um i think a lot of investors spend too much time on their properties if 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 i'm phrasing it correctly i i agree with that um a big piece of that is removing a lot of the emotion so like you may be in a lot of the facebook groups but People get so emotional about a question a guest asks or just little things where you just have to move on from them. Um, but I use Hospitable. Um, so all of my 
short-term rentals are on that platform. That platform um, connects with, um, I, I use a supply and demand pricing calculator that connects the calendars for my cleaners to notify them when there's a turnover, guests check in, check out, any alterations. I have auto- automated messages set up. So even if a guest messages and they use the keyword beach, it'll auto reply with the locate how far from the beach we are, because that's a common question. So there's some really cool automations. Um, I'm also very involved in my business. I, I hands-on manage my Airbnbs, but I like enjoy it. So I don't, I couldn't even tell you how many hours because I don't, I don't count them. Like I, I like interacting with my guests. I like making sure that they have a good time. Um, and some weeks it's more than others, you know, like you'll get a week where you just bam, 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 it's things aren't going well. And then there'll be weeks where it's smooth sailing. Um, and then on my long-term assets, I have property management. So my time with those is very minimal. And on my fix and flips, that kind of goes in waves. So I have a partner in that company and we have a whole team. So, you know, there's there's a project like in Winter Garden I just came from where I'm more hands-on with that one. And, um, but again, it's, it's what I enjoy. So going to visit the projects and um, picking out flooring and um, staying on top of the projects. Like it's, I enjoy seeing especially from like start to finish when you see like a really rundown house and then you're in the process of seeing it, you know, be redone. And it's just a lot, it's a lot of fun. So what I'm hearing is you got to love it and you got to have a vision for it. Right. Because I will tell you personally, I have like visions, but I know that the process is not necessarily what I love. Cause I, I love buying products that are already done too. Um, or at least where all I have to do is just tinker with it a little bit, right? Because obviously, you know, Mava and Julie, I bought their first Airbnb, but I went and changed all of the automation on it because, you know, I have a team of real estate agents and, and I got to oversee them and grow oh, them. You bought theirs? Yeah. Yeah. I bought the Via Damani one is what I bought. I bought it from them. And it was, it was really interesting. Oh, too I because, didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't sold it. I didn't yeah. And what ended up happening was it was funny because I paid, uh, and this is obviously during the seller's market, but I paid 57K over appraisal and everyone thought I was nuts. They were like, why'd you do that? Why'd you pay so much money? And I, I said, listen, you have to realize I didn't just buy the house. I bought the house fully furnished, fully decorated with 31 nights already for future bookings that turned into 79 nights because the, the, the guests ended up extending their stay and other mm-hmm. future bookings as well. So a lot of people didn't understand why I spent so much money on it. It's because, you know, I I value everyone's um, work, right? And for me, I know where my strong suit is and it's more in automation and managing versus actually going in and doing it, right? Going in and, and developing it, doing the fix and flips, doing all that stuff. People always ask why I don't focus on it. And it's because it's not my passion and I understand that's where my weakness lies, right? So... I think it's one of those things that a lot of people need to really um, understand their limitations when it comes to investing in this. Now, Stacy, I know you've learned a lot trial by fire, but um, have you attended any events this year or do you plan to attend any events in the near future when it comes to conferences or maybe seminars that other people should be looking at, into as well when it comes to investing or even just real estate in general? 
So actually, we um, Sugar and Spice has de developed um, some speaking events, and we're putting on a tour. Our first event's going to be in January. Um, it's all about mindset in real estate. So we did our first event actually on Airbnbs and how to underwrite and purchase Airbnbs um, to make a sound financial purchase, not just kind of off the hype. Um, and our next event's going to be about um, just a, a very wide variety of industry professionals that come from all different backgrounds with the one similarity that they've been able to lean into real estate to get them to where they want to be. So me and my business partner are single moms with, you know, domestic violence history. Um, we have someone who is in prison. Um, we have people that have overcome addiction. So real estate's an industry where it doesn't discriminate. You don't need to like fit in that box like corporate. And I think it's really cool that there's so many unique people with different backgrounds that all all can succeed and we want to really like lean in the, into the community to inspire um as well so it's going to be a, a combination of like action items that you can leave and execute um but also a lot of motivation and mindset because i think that might be even more important than like the, a lot of the information it's it's not a secret you know like it's it's free on, on youtube if you look hard enough um but it's the mindset of the people so people ask me questions all the time and the answer is so simple but they just have to believe in the answer they have to believe in themselves and i think that's the hardest part just as people that we struggle with what i'm hearing is that real estate is the new therapy I love it. It's it's one of those things that um, it, it is. <laughs> it is. So I, the, I think the New York Times article was about that women investing in real estate as therapy. That was that was literally the article. It was that's what it was all about. So it's funny because now that I'm thinking about it on a higher level, right? Because chatting with you, it makes me it makes me realize that there's so many different niches in in real estate that it really truly is therapy. Think about it. If you if you're a servant leader heart, you can obviously just do the regular real estate agent, just helping everybody buy, sell and invest. Um, and if it's if it's more of like a, a therapeutic situation, fix and flips are definitely a huge way to go um, just because it's almost like, you know, you're, you're pushing through it. But realizing that there's so many different different uh, departments or divisions, I guess, if you will, um, that you can really focus on anything. You can focus on vets, first time home buyers. You can be focusing on uh, fix and flips, bigger investors, commercial, you name it. I mean, the 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 opportunities are endless. So mm -hmm. if you're watching this and, and you're struggling through life, you just need to get into real estate is really what it is, um, is what it sounds like. Uh, Stacy, tell us, um, do you have the details on the location, on the date in January um, for your event? Um, I think we just nailed down January 14th and we're going to launch in Tampa. Um, we're actually doing it at, it's not a faith-based event, but we're hosting it at a um, church because we can accommodate so many people. Um, and there, you know, a lot of people may have a link to their faith that can help inspire. Um, so we're really excited about it. It's a really cool venue. My, it's where my business partner uh, goes to church and we'll be able to fit I think like over a thousand people if we could 
get like that it. many people to join. I like it. So you're there's no limitation. You're going to have to send me the link right away because Tampa's only like an hour and a half drive from here. So I, I, I'm I'm interested yeah. for sure. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome. Tampa's slowly becoming one of those like events locations. I've always wondered, I'm like, why does everybody skip over Orlando? If you look at the major concerts, they're all going to, uh, they're all going to like Tampa and everything of that nature. So um, I love it. Well, we're going um, to Orlando too. We will oh, you to are? Orlando too. Our first okay. one's going to be Tampa. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, Stacy, let me, let me ask you a question. Um, I like to always end this with two random questions. One that's kind of like personal and one that's kind of just generic for everybody else. So the first one is um, what is your favorite local eatery, right? Well, if you're, if you're having one of those days where you're just like, I got to have this type of food, what would you say is your favorite place to go eat at in let's say central Florida, wide open range? I'm, I'm like a food snob. Um, okay. I eat very healthy. Um, maybe Hillstone. I love the vibe out back. Um, it, the ambiance is awesome. The food is incredible. Um, so that's maybe like my, where I would go. I feel like I you like can it. really walk down there. Overlooking, yeah. overlooking the little lake right there. Yeah. On the patio. yeah. It is It is a wonderful view. You know, I've actually never sat on the patio out there, which is, which is something I'll have to like kind of request next time I go because I've always wanted to have that, that view. Um, yeah. And then the second to last question is, if you could give anybody a tip when it comes to starting in real estate, like as a brand new beginner, what would you recommend? Like, what's the number one thing they have to do before they invest? I would find someone that's um, that you can pick their brain, like find someone that's already doing it, whether it's an official mentor or just a friend or a friend of a friend, find someone that's doing it and pick their brain ask them you know the people that they're working with um you know having someone hold your hand through the process is really valuable and i think fear is what holds a lot of people back so if you can have someone kind of holding your hand through the process and giving you encouragement um i think that can help jumpstart you Love it. Love it. Well, Stacy, I appreciate your time. Thank you for carving out some time in your busy schedule this week to join us on the Takeover Podcast. Folks, make sure you follow her. I put some of the, uh, the social media handles of hers and her usernames in the in the ticker below, and I'll put it in the comments right now so that way you guys can, can make sure you give her a follow. She's got some great things that you should always, always follow up on, some great advice, some upcoming events. And we'll catch you guys this and each and every Wednesday at noon, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care, guys.